Hello everyone. Hello everyone and welcome to the You Don't Look Like an Engineer podcast. We are so excited because today we thought we were just going to have our cute little one-on-ones but we have actually the epic guest part two with our previous guest Erica Gomez and it is about a conversation that is so beautiful. I actually, um, I'm just gonna jump and interrupt you so hun. Yeah. <laughs> I so could see excited that. And <laughs> But I was just going to say, um, Sohan and I have been trying to record this specific podcast episode two times before and yeah. for some reason it hasn't happened and now um, I have Erica visiting me here in the Gold Coast and I'm so excited that we get to have her because she's a fitness passionate person and <laughs> does so many incredible things and I feel like she's done so, she's practiced so many different sports and having her insights on this is I don't think we could have had a better guest like that I could think Absolutely. of to cover this and yeah for background um before we let Erica jump in sorry <laughs> we... <laughs> just smile away <laughs> no we're having this conversation like Laura said about fitness and um, health because these two things I would say are our bigger or longer held passions even before you know interest in STEM or interest you know in equity because they've just been such a big part of Lau and my mind's life if anyone knows us yeah they'll probably be able to see that that's pretty much what we talk about half the time um, and a bit of background behind why we're having this conversation is because it's um, I would say it's a big thing that affects people in this industry and also other corporate environments or just people you know that focus so much on their um, careers that it can kind of take a backseat and no one really like at least I didn't know um, and that's like such a big pet peeve of mine uh, that you know no one really talks about the impacts a sedentary job has or just you know focusing so heavily on one thing that you can develop all these negative habits that have compounding effects and I just feel like for young professionals it's it's a another thing to think about yes but it, it's a huge thing that can help them in so many little ways improve their mental health at work or improve their you know general um, energy levels and just do better as g- general performers absolutely agreed can't not say anything else but um yeah, once you realize that all these habits have such an impact in the way you bring yourself to the workplace and I guess your productivity levels, then it's a game changer also, not just from a perspective in at the workplace, but in your life. Like if you can integrate these habits and have a better quality of, of life, then let's go. Let's rock and roll. <laughs> anyway. What are we? Like, so rude. Erica. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. This is an exciting conversation because I am a very passionate fitness enthusiast. So I have never uh, done anything kind of pro, but I am an amateur fitness person in many different little um, sports and practices. And I do have to say, I work a corporate job, like, Lau and also Sohan and I also have the nine to five sometimes have the very um, demanding work weeks where I have to work crazy hours so making fitness a priority has always been a complex balancing act but I also think that when you organize fitness around not just exercise but what that gives you long-term. So just realizing that being healthy and having a healthy body and looking after your body is not only for, you know, being able to 
practice a sport and be good at it, but it's also for your family, for um, your yourself in the future when you're all age and you're going to need to be able to work your muscles and your joints and also to be able to cope with stress, have an, a release outlet, a creative outlet, because sport can also be creative. And also a little bit of play and fun because sport should have a component of play and fun. So um, especially as amateurs that we are not aiming to maximize our performance. And even if we are, we still still be striving to have some play and fun included in our training, in our training exercise. But coming back to just the regular person who is very sedentary and, ha- and has to sit for most of their job is about implementing small steps to just have a balanced lifestyle rather than full-on practice an exercise uh, a, a sport or a training regime who doesn't fit with their lifestyle that is going to be more taxing and more stressful than enjoy enjoyment and the benefits of actually having a healthy lifestyle a hundred percent so two things first if we could quickly just about you what i suppose got you passionate about healthy fitness in the first place well, the first thing the first thing is I since a very young age I was told by my parents that exercising was important and I was always pushed to practice at least one sport. So when I was little I started with swimming and my sport all throughout high school and school all that was swimming. And then when I went to uni, swimming wasn't a possible thing, so I started dabbling in different um, aspects and eventually I found the gym, but like the proper culture of like going to the gym six sometimes seven days a week no rest days I got fully into it and I ended up competing in a bodybuilding competition but that's not to say that I'm encouraging that because that has its own <laughs> little problems but anyway after that I also went into running and running has been my passion for a few years I actually did a little bit of cheerleading and I know that Laura mm-hmm. has done oh my yes. God. I did not try this. Now I know. I didn't either. Now I understand. It's all adding up. Yeah, because I know that Lau is very passionate about her days of cheerleading that she enjoyed so much. Well, I feel like they helped me build like such a, you know, attribute that I have that is like confidence. Um, Mm. Just being surrounded Mm. by all the females and, you know, the aspect of like cheering um, and, you know, like helping others succeed. and, and just being part of like, I guess, a group of people with a common um, goal in mind. Mm. Um, so that's why I, I'm reminded. I, sorry. I love remembering and reminiscing on those times. Yeah. And I, 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 do, I do have to say that each sport brings something different to the table. So I think that's why I've kind of switched from one to another one. So I remember I also got for a very long period of time. And in Colombia, it's a massive thing. Um, spinning classes because they are run a little bit different so basically you cycle to the music specifically to the beat and so the classes basically depending on the type of music that they're playing will be harder or faster or a little bit more relaxing um and it they do actually marathons of spinning and i remember doing a three-hour marathon of spinning once and it was 
it was very it was very hard how was your the quads would that? be dead <laughs> it was absolutely dead <laughs> yeah it would have been oh my god three hours that's insane and then last i want to say like the last thing because i think it's important so in the last year i got into gymnastics so i do not have a gymnastics background at all whatsoever and i wanted to mention that just because first gymnastics is a sport that is really hard incredibly hard and as starting as an adult it's even harder because you don't you don't have all the flexibility and the um, mobility that you would have as a kid but it has been a huge game changer in the way that I approach exercise because it has a component of the skills the strength who I've been working on for years without knowing it was going to be so beneficial for this but also it has a component of play and that has been the biggest thing I've taken from taking gym- gymnastics as an adult is that exercise becomes a lot more fun and a lot more, well, dangerous as well. Cause, <laughs> but, <laughs> but as well, it's about, it's about how, how you can make small improvements and that you're basically like falling from all different types of apparatuses and it's fun. It's very oh, childlike. Man. So um, that's why I think it, just finding different sports that work for you and for your personality, for what you're trying to get out of um, exercising is so important because they all bring something different to the table. They do, they do. And A, like gymnastics is something I've always been so curious about, but I always like thought that, uh, you know, once you reach a certain age, you just don't try it because, you know, that you said we don't have the flexibility, mobility. So seeing you do it is so inspiring and it makes me really want to try. And it's so great. I want to do it too. Oh my God, it looks so fun when she's like hanging upside down. Like, you no, know, one of my dreams is actually learning how to do tumbling. That's like, mm. I know that I've unlocked the cheerleading <laughs> milestone when, when I do that. And you absolutely can. And that's the, that's the thing. Like, I also believe that a lot of the reason why people don't get into sport as an adult is because they think, oh, I'm not going to be able to do it. Or what's the point? Mm. I'm just too old for it. But you're never too old for it, especially if the biggest component of it is to move your body and to um, have a healthy body. Because they all add up to being able to move better, to have your muscles being stronger, your joints being stronger, your bones being stronger. They all add up to just a more um, able body that is going to help you when you are in your older age and you start having all these little quirks and things that is going to happen to all of us. Um, and, and I feel that also balances out our very serious corporate life because corporate can be very dead serious and takes all the childlike behavior out of you and then when you start practicing a sport or doing an activity in general but it's because we're talking about fitness practicing a sport that allows you to then have that silly uh fun childlike you know jumping on ropes like hanging from monkey bars kind of situation then it as well as exercising, brings that mental health component of being able to enjoy yourself and of being in the moment. Because when you are doing certain sports, you can't be thinking about work. You think to be in the moment because they require so much of your headspace to master a skill or to improve or to, um, yeah, to perform whatever activity you're trying to perform. A soccer player can't be thinking about work. They need to be thinking where the ball is. Mm. So it's about bringing the mindfulness into the into the activity you're performing 
Yeah. And I, I love that you've touched on those two things because A, like if I look back to, you know, my little um, introduction into like sports and everything, it was at school and learning um, a lot about athletics from a teacher that was teaching us sprinting. He uh, was almost in the Olympics and stuff. So he was very passionate. And I think he brought out that element of, you know, play and um, focus and mindfulness that I used, like he used to say, how you approach your training is how you approach generally everything in life and it's so true it is so so true on so many different levels even just to the fact that like I noticed I had if we were like running 100 meters like towards the end I would slow down a little bit and that's sort of how I approach a lot of things the last mile is a bit of a challenge and when you just notice these things sport can help you get better at that but also there was such an element of play that you know if we'd ever go to like a park or something me and my sisters would be like jumping from the monkey bars trying to do pull-ups you know jumping up and down doing box jumps I'd even like jumped into this concrete thing and like made holes in my shins and it was crazy but it was so much fun and it really helped me get through uni and school and work and I think having that as a aspect of anyone's life is so important it just it's it's an outlet it's it's um, a community it's it's so much that I think is missing in our society at the moment. So I'm a big advocate for that. And also little habits, yeah, that we need to cultivate to be able to get there and, and you just make a general better lifestyle. It's a huge part. Of it. Yeah, absolutely. Especially for now. Like I love how we're like reminiscing about the things that we used to do and, um, you know, the role that those activities play in the development of our personalities as well. But now, like, just going to the point of, like, we now have a full-time job, we have deadlines, and I have, especially in the past few weeks, have realized that sometimes I'm, like, so busy that I don't think about, like, you know, standing up or, you know, actually taking a break from my desk. And those little things are the ones that obviously have such a, like, big impact on our body, our muscles, our mental health. And I think um, it would be good if we can touch on Erica. <laughs> How did you develop those little habits when you started in a corporate world? Because you have been in the corporate world for a little bit longer than, than us. Yeah. And did it take you time, I guess, when you first got in? Was it less of a priority or do you think it's always been side by side on your journey? Oh, finding balance is really hard, especially at the beginning, especially when you're so driven and motivated to make progress, to move up in your career or to hit certain milestones. Finding balance, it's incredibly difficult. But what I would say that really helped me is to understand that switching off from work is actually going to make me better at work. Because if you are constantly thinking about work, you are not allowing your mind to then have basically creative. To be creative, you need to be able to disconnect, to reconnect. And we all had, had those moments where we are stuck in a problem. We go have a shower and while we're in the shower, oh my God, it's happening. Well, exercise is kind of like that. But exercise is also focusing on something else that requires your attention and that something else is also improving your body. So it has that mental component and that ability to work your brain in different ways that also contribute how you can be at work. So the way that I got into it is, and it also varies depending on the person's personality. So I'm very driven by community and connection. 
So I have developed relationships with people who had been part of those sports that I practiced in the past. So it starts basically about being part of a community that is, um, is basically practicing the same sport or the same activity. And being part of that community drives you to try to make it a priority. So for people who are more, and to be honest with you, all the sports that I mentioned to you, except for cheerleading, are solo sports. So I'm all, I've always been in solo sports for my entire, almost my entire life. And even then, the concept of community and the concept of people who are practicing that you can learn from and also teach your skills of what you've learned is very important. So I would say that that's one of the things that drives you to not let it slide. So being part of a fitness group or a fitness class so that you have to make it to a certain time so that you can meet with those people is that that accountability partner or that accountability um, metric that you can use to make sure that you can stick to it. The second thing, and it's the most important, is like if you can't enjoy it, you're not going to stick to it. And that goes not only for fitness, but that goes for most of the things in our lives, for our study, for our work, for our diets, for our exercise routines, everything that we do, we need to make sure that it fits us and it fits our lifestyle. So making sure that you are picking a sport that is right for you is very important. Um, and also having really small achievable goals that you can work towards. Because if you are just studying and then you are setting yourself a goal that is way too big, you're going, you can lose motivation. And science has shown that people are really motivated at the beginning and they're really motivated at the end, but the middle is really hard. And that's where people drop off and they don't continue with the activities. So making sure that you are um, be, trying to be consistent and also boiling it down to the minimum that you can do. So instead of saying, I'm going to work out every day for an hour, that's too long if you've never worked out before. So just boil it down to 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Start with that, 10 minutes. And then as you start building the habit and as you start enjoying yourself and finding those communities and those groups that allow you to enjoy exercise, then you can start ranking up into the goals or the time or what you're trying to achieve. But Starting is always the hardest, finding balance and making exercise a priority when you're so focused on your career is absolutely a challenge and I witnessed it myself. But again, is making sure that life is not work, work is part of life. So that you also understand that working incredible long hours, the only people who are going to remember those long, long hours that you worked is your family because you're absent. So make sure that you are making it a priority through thinking about your health, thinking about playing fun, thinking about resetting your brain so that you can have more creativity and more fuel at work. Yeah. Wow. That is so true. I think um, just thinking back and um, the only time in my life where I actually went to the gym seven days a week was because I was part of Never Quit and the family and I had all my friends there because I moved to the Gold Coast and I like had a new community and we would get coffee after and it really helped me get out of bed like I would not think about it and I would be just like up at 5 a.m and going to the class now I think about it and I do exercise four times a week I tried like that in a good week um 
And I'm like, I don't know how I did it. But then if I think about it, it was the community aspect, like the accountability and like obviously like having a support network or just showing up and, and you know, like having that social interaction was so important for me. Um, so absolutely. I, I agree with you, Erica. I guess for someone that has interest in solo sports, like you were talking about running and that kind of thing, would you recommend like running clubs that they could join or just finding someone at work they could run with or... How do you think they should develop that community? It depends a lot on how the person creates connection. So mm-hmm. I am a lot better creating deep connections with few people than connect than having a lot of connections that are a little bit more shallow and superficial in nature. So I find that having people who are passionate about running and then running with them works better for me. And I have those friends that I, you know, I'm going to do a 20K run and I can be like, hey, do you want to schedule this thing together? Rather than being part of a massive running club where everyone is doing something a little bit different or is very structured because you can have both. You can have running clubs that are completely structured. We're doing today a tempo run or this and that. That is too structured for me. But then having also... I would have never guessed she was going to say that she's like the most structured person. Sorry. Yes, that is true. That is true. I'm very structured. But things. I think that's because I do the planning for what works for me. And this is so important with work. So when I try to run, uh, to join a running club that is very structured, then it becomes a chore because I need to adhere to their running training plans. Yes, yes, yes. Well, when I am running by myself, I said, okay, I'll finish work at 5.30 and then I'll get changed. I'll be on the road at 6. And I can say, oh, actually that day I have a meeting that ends at 6 and I don't want to run at nighttime. So I'll go at lunchtime. I'll finish at 12, go for my 5K run, come back at 12.40, you know, have a quick shower, be in my desk back at 1 p.m. So having that flexibility of, of running whenever I can and making my structure plan very tailored to my needs on that week is what allows me to stick to it. But if I, when I started, I was in a running club and I, on Saturdays, I love doing my, my long runs on Saturday. And I was going to this running club, so it wasn't allowing me to do my long runs on Saturday. And I was struggling then to fit my long run during the week because I didn't want to go do it Sunday. So it's finding what works for you. And I feel as a person who does solo practice, I could not do gymnastics by myself. I absolutely could not do that. So I need to be, yeah, I need to be with the coach and I need to be with my group of friends who will correct me and also spot me because gymnastics is very dangerous. Um, But it's really fun. It's really fun, guys. You should definitely join a gymnastics group. Your excitement is so contagious. It's so good. (laughs) I think I see, I see Erica's stories when she attends the classes and I'm like, look sick. You're like, it's amazing. (laughs) I love the playful factor Mm. of it. Um, So I love that we're touching on how to always like listening to your needs and what you need. Mm. And I guess if you don't know how to start, um, does anyone want to share any tips of how they started in their journey? Um, and I'll probably go last. So I have to think about this. 
um, journey in general or like what I was going to When working and implementing exercise in your journey, like what were the things that you would focus on and how did you start noticing that, I don't know, it was important? Wow, so many questions. (laughs) I guess, Erica, do you want to go first? Yeah, happy to go first. So for me, it started... um... (laughs) (laughs) You're going to go second. (laughs) Yes. So for me, it started um, knowing that um, I was spending too much time sitting and I needed to make sure that I, I had a reason to move every day. And, the, and I tried that a few times, but, you know, I would just be tired from uni or, you know, you needed to go to work and then you'll be too tired, you finish late, you finish too tired. So the first thing that helped me to stick to it and become a little bit more um, consistent was having an accountability partner. A, a gym buddy, a running buddy, and whatever it is, you find a person that when you say, hey, I'm too tired, that person will be like, no, no, come. We'll, you know, we'll have fun together. We'll train together. Or remember, I'm waiting for you. And then you feel, okay, I can't, I don't want to let that person down or I really want to go see this person. Or I know that I am now feeling lazy, but once I'm there, I'm going to enjoy it. So that would be my first tip. Find someone who is, kind of similar in your fitness journey that you're both um, wanting to stick with it, to learn from each other, to have fun with it when you go to the gym or running or to a class. Um, that would be the first one. And then the second one is create some internal intentions of why you want to work out. And that I think is important because it, it will be kind of your why. And when I am lacking in motivation, because motivation will come and go, that is for sure. I always try to find my why and my why with exercise is very uh, so it's very much around longevity and about a, a release outlet from stress. So our bodies, they, especially on corporate jobs and demanding corporate jobs are very high on stress and they elevate our levels of cortisol, whether we are aware or not. Cortisol is the, um, the stress hormone in our brain. So just having a daily practice that allows you to release all that stress in your body, um, it makes you just feel lighter for when you go to bed, for when you need to decompress and to relax. And if you mind, if you numb your mind just by watching TV, that just keeps accumulating. While going through and doing some exercise just gets you out of your head. Exactly. Thinking of what you're doing in the moment, um, getting those endorphins going and then feeling good afterwards so that you can just have a really hot shower, uh, really in, uh, enjoy your night and just get out of that stressful mindset that can be very toxic for us long term. Yeah, 100%. Um, I guess two things to touch on before we share our part. So, Hen, I swear to God, <laughs> do not deflect the question. Yes. I can go if you want. No, 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 I'm not deflecting. It's just for someone listening, that, like we're on the topic now and it's good to get into it. What is a, like when you get into a corporate environment, and I don't know if many people like have done this research, what is sitting for too long, the science behind it, what is too long? You know, um, I think from my understanding, it's at least 50 minutes. You shouldn't be sitting for more than 50 minutes and then you should go and get up for like a five minute, 10 minute whatever it is, walk or something, which I, I don't know if that's unrealistic. It's like some, I guess a new starter is probably like, I can't be at my desk, I like, you know, out of, yeah. away from work for like 10 minutes every 50 minutes. Um, so what's like a little hack they could do? 
um, standing desks are an option. Um, or just maybe the getting up and you coffee. I, I was thinking like setting up like um, um, like a Yeah, cupboard. I've got this really cute little app thing that like counts down on your screen. And I usually use it. It's called Hourglass, yeah. And it's like a little timer that just goes and like beeps slightly in your headphones after whatever time you set. I use it mostly for focus, which is like 20-minute segments if I really have to get deep work in. Mm. But it can be used again for, um, I guess, making sure you're not sitting for too long. Yeah. Um, I think that is an excellent yeah. tip. And also, like, if you um, are going to have your lunch, like, make sure that you're not just, like, standing up and moving rooms. Make sure that you can fit, mm. like, a five-minute walk or, like, a, like if you're very busy, like, a five-minute walk or go outside. Because I think um, just the fact that you're, like, removing the environment where you're in helps you also relax and, you know, decompress. And reset. Yeah, reset. Yeah. So I think that And then, Erica, you talked about the stress. Uh, firstly, yeah, do you have anything on these, the, the, the sitting, like, what is too long and how, how do you approach this, firstly? Well, I fidget a lot, so I, I need to stand up. <laughs> Whether I want it or not. So unless yeah. I'm on a long meeting, I will be moving around because it's staying sitting for too long. I, I just don't like it. Personally, it's just, my, it's just my way of living. So I constantly tend to... And also, I purposefully um, drink a lot of water so that I can have to go to the bathroom and then go and get more water because I drank it all. So it, I just created this little loop habits that force me to then get out of my desk um and also because what you were saying is really important Sohan about having blocks of deep work but the blocks can't be too long so you said I set a little goal am I doing this block of deep work I'm gonna accomplish x y and z and then I finish it and I'm like okay before I get into something else I'm gonna go get some water I'm gonna go get a snack or I'm gonna go you know just to the bathroom or just to go outside and then come back in, and then I'll, I'll pick up something new. But you know what? You're deflecting. Now tell us how you yeah. got into okay. your <laughs> index habits. This please. is not an interview for, for a, a conversation. <laughs> it is a conversation. <laughs> not deflecting, not deflecting, promise. Um, so I think mine was a little bit the opposite. So I don't think um, it's been stuff that I had to learn at the start of the career. It's now reaching towards the middle, and I think COVID really messed it up and working from home. So I think because, like I said, I started um, towards the end of school, I wouldn't say I was all through school. I was very active. No, I was very unfit through a large period of my schooling life. Um, but towards the end, I got super, super into, like I said, sprinting and uh, weight training and just running just mid to just mid distance, not a lot, 5K, pretty much daily. Um, and I kind of kept that up through uni. So uni wasn't an experience where I ever put fitness on the side. It never took a backseat, even in exam block time, like me and my sister, we would sit and study and we're like, look, it's been one hour, it's been two hours, we are now going, we're going to go for a run, we're going to go for a walk, and then we're going to come back and we're going to tackle it. So I think that's why the corporate environment was such a shocker, um, because it was always something I could manage. Even the first couple of years of work, like I worked with Lauda at Arab and we would go for lunchtime runs. Um, I was, even though I was like public transporting it an hour, an hour and a half, I would still go to the gym every evening and come home. Like it was just movement was always integrated. And it was something that when COVID happened and working from home happened and everyone being, you know, at home, can't go more than five kilometers away from your house. Um, I developed... A, a really bad net, um, cutoff with working like it would just boil into the evenings and you know 
then you're just at home then okay you're looking at dinner and that kind of thing and just the mental frustration from not moving just kind of got into not moving and just sitting for like really extended periods of time um and then unfortunately having a couple of accidents that made it very difficult to run um till now like i if i run i get like really bad headaches so it's something i just put off for a long time so like i do i kind of really don't feel like running because i don't know how the body's going to react so i think now i'm having to learn better practices and what i can do to continue the movement journey because like yeah not moving is it's like if you don't do it for like <laughs> two or three days you feel it's so frustrating you get irritable and it's like i can feel a huge difference um, so a lot of it is, yeah, now, like, I try to at least fit in a half an hour walk every day. Um, and like it, like you were saying, it's not, I'm not trying to make ambitious goals, you know, that, oh, one hour, one and a half hour, I'll stay, I'll slave out in the gym. Like, it's not going to happen, you know, but I will commit to my, you know, three times a week Pilates class or 30 minute walk every day, um, trying to get up and yeah, getting a lot of water. Um, I think it's easier in the office a lot of the times. When, you know, you have to get up, go ask someone a question, or you're just walking to get to the office or walking to go get a drink. Um, that's something that can help people as well. I think if you're hybrid workers, try to consider how you can implement the same things at home. And yeah, that's been pretty much it. So you mentioned that because of the pains that you're having or the injuries, you'd not be able mm -hmm. to run. Have you thought about shifting towards another sport that maybe suits? That's when I got into Pilates, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think that is very important to like, just keep, don't always try to go back to what you were doing before because sometimes it's yeah. not achievable, but shifting and just finding something new also gives you the opportunity to practice what it is like to be a beginner because mm -hmm. being a yes. beginner is are it's a humbling <laughs> activity but it's also an opportunity right it's like the best opportunity to shift mm -hmm. how you approach exercise okay. Okay, and what you learn as well sorry if just like i would say it's been such an interesting journey this last year because a lot of the things throughout my training uh experiences that i've always been concerned that i wasn't doing right or like I didn't quite know how to do have ended up being the things that have compounded and caused my injuries. So I just think like, you know, if you are a beginner in other way, in other activities, sports or whatever, and you are surrounded by people who know what they're doing and can coach you, the like the learnings and the actual like for me a big one is like core activation or glute activation and like not being able to do that has led to like knee injuries and, you know, other injuries. And now knowing how to do it properly is life-changing honestly i'm like what was i doing without it all this time it's insane so that's the thing if you accept being a beginner in something you will learn like eat to shit sorry sohan um erica's, erica's <laughs> like, want to be part of the conversation i'm so hungry i'm, I'm sorry i was like jesus I'm sorry, i thought maybe it was a notification it was or something I, I had breakfast have you oh my gosh i haven't and my stomach is like why are you doing this to me um yes tell us about your journey um well i feel like mine has been a mix of your journey sort of thing like as in like you you guys um I so when I was in high school I was always part of a of um of a sport I was always oh, sorry I was always part of a team so I did soccer I did cheerleading I did basketball I also went to Pilates with my friends so I was very active when I moved to Australia I um 
I think I wasn't necessarily part of a, you know, a team as such. I was just getting my head around what I what I had to do to learn English and all of those things. But I do think that because I was catching public transport and moving um, around the city and like touristy, like I was always on my feet. And then when I was in hospitality, um, I obviously was on my feet times two because <laughs> like you, you literally have to move everywhere and you have to be very active. And I, there would be like long days that I would never like sit down or like in my break, I would still like, you know, going on a walk or like, it would be really like 16 minutes having a meal and then like jumping on it. Um, so when I actually joined the corporate world, obviously I studied and I had days that I like didn't move that much. But um, when I joined the corporate world, it was a shock a little bit because I felt like my days were, you know, you start at like 8 a.m. At the time I used to start at 8 a.m. Um, and like finish at like five and then you haven't actually, yes, you have a stood up to talk to your peers and to drink water, but it's not like what I used to when I was on my feet all the time in hospitality. So it really took a toll on me because as you both, um, are aware, I'm a very energetic person and I do tend to, you know, like if I was to describe myself, I'd be like, I'm hyperactive. Like I love that about me and like moving and like all of these things that I had to sort of like, not hide, but I had to stop doing in a corporate environment. Really like, um, I don't know. I just felt like a little bit more, you know, serious and strict or like, you know. So um, I started having a look at ways in, in which I could implement um, those habits of like movement into my life. Joining the gym was um, something that I um, at the start was very intimidated by because I think um, a I had the idea that women that did weightlifting and this is back when I literally just started the journey I was like oh like I don't want to look manly so that was something that I had um I didn't want to look manly I didn't know how to use the weights at the gym and I had all these excuses and limiting like beliefs I guess um and they weren't really helping me implement the habit in my life um but then I think I saw the benefit of paying a PT and as soon as I sort of like got the um the coaching from him in like technique and how to do things um differently I started seeing results in my body understanding um those limiting beliefs like oh like I don't necessarily have to you know look chunky or like look like manly if I'm doing this it's completely different so that was good um and obviously I I love walking and I, I've always also enjoy running, um, which is funny because I remember that when I wasn't able to, when, when I couldn't afford the gym, when I was studying and working um, and I couldn't afford it, I remember that I would just go on runs and the runs would be when I finish work at like 9 p.m. Funny because I do not recommend for females in, in, a, in an unsafe environment. Um, but um, luckily I, I, I feel safe and I went for runs really late and I would yeah, just try to beat my time. I, I never like approached it in a structured way. Like, oh, I'm going to like, you know, uh, run every day. No, it would be like, okay, if I'm running, I try to at least every week run a little bit faster than what I was or I would add a K in or yeah, it would be like a, comp like a competition with myself. 
Um, so yes, and then with, when COVID happened, I got into um, into running a lot. I would run like three or four times a week, and I would do like five k's. Um, I did like a ten k run once. I think it was in 2000, 2019, and that's like the max length that I've done. Now, from 2020 until now, I, I love the gym. I love lifting weights, and I love the pump in like, I don't know, just how my heart rates um, increases. It really makes me happy. So it hasn't been a straightforward um, journey because there's so many things and there's so many, I guess, self-perceptions that I've had to challenge Um but it's been really fun and I've met incredible people. In fact, I met Erica at the gym. So yes. that was really cool. And I think it's so um, important that Laura has touched on this is that usually exercise and improving at whatever sport or practice you decide to take on gives you confidence. And it's confidence that translates into work and into life and relationships with friends and partners and everyone. And that is that is a huge component of active being active that you get a space for mental declutter because you need to you get the opportunity to be present you don't have to you can be at the gym and thinking about work that's your choice um but you get the opportunity of be at the gym be present be in the moment actually not thinking about uh stressful um work situations or the problem that you need to solve. And I think that is an opportunity that we also need to mention because the mental aspect of exercise is absolutely one of the biggest drivers that has kept me exercising and loving exercise for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, something that I wanted to say is like, I also, like I, at the beginning of my journey, as I said, I had an understanding of, you know, I, I want to do this because I want to look fit that was my way of looking at it at the start, if I'm being really honest. And then I started understanding with the help of this PT and other people in my life, understanding that those goals were not as smart goals. Like I can't just rely on physical results on my physical appearance. And then I started understanding that exercise is a more holistic. Uh, yeah. I, I just saw it in a more holistic way. And I understand that to have, as I said at the start of this episode, to have a more like, you know, like a quality life, you have to invest into these things and you have to look at it from a different lens because otherwise it just continues to limit you. And I think it's, 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 it helps you to like, you know, approach life in a better and healthier way. So uh, reanalyzing and looking at what your goals are, it's incredibly important. Um, Yeah. Because, yeah, while it sounds like, you know, it is about your own personal interests and developing a better lifestyle for you, it's also more, um, it's 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 more far-reaching than that, this issue, because 80% of the contemporary jobs are sedentary and involve only, like, light amounts of activity. And a sedentary lifestyle is actually among, like, now the top 10 leading causes for, de- like, disability and death in the world. So I think knowing the gravity of the situation should be a push for you know people trying to get um a handle on what's what their habits are yeah absolutely i was gonna say just on that note i remember that someone was content that really changed my way of approaching like movement and everything or like and routines in my life sorry and routines um in my personal life was andrew huberman 
So, for example, when he talked on when he, when I first heard the episode about like you know getting sun exposure as soon as you get up, or like not as soon as you get up, but like it within a, a time frame, or like moving your body helps you like reduce you know uh, negative thoughts, or like for example when he shared um, his I think he has an episode on how like walking has helped people with like PTSD and all of these things like because of the optical nerve thing. So I was like, oh, this is amazing. I love science and I think that for me, it really helps me when I can understand how these things can benefit me from a science perspective because it's just proof, you know? And I'm like, okay, I want to do that. Like there's backup information, like why wouldn't I? And I do think that most of the good days that I have in my everyday life, eh, in my life, are the days that I actually had a walk other days that I had sun exposure, that I talked to someone and that I was not in my desk for seven hours straight. Believe me, like I took a break, I took a lunch break. So I think it's important to sort of like follow people that are really good at sharing these, you know, science proven facts because that for people, it's like there's no, you know, like. It backs up why you need to do it. Yeah, and, and there's yeah. no way it won't work. That's what I was trying to say. Like, there's experiments on this. Like, of course, um, it may not be the same. It might not work in the same way for you, but try yeah. to fit it in in your life. Try to get this. So someone getting into this job who's like now, you know, faced with all these different stresses and, you know, stuff, um, not just even stresses, like there's like cultures of like, okay, how are we going to hang out? Let's go out for a meal. Let's go for a lunch. Let's go for a team lunch or something like that. So stress mechanisms that develop can be, you know, food-based or just sit and, you know, like you said, numb your brain with Netflix or something. How do you, either of you, um, recommend developing cues that might ha- make better habits hmm. To, hmm. to not make a bad, you know, stress development pathway, stress tackling pathway? On that note of what Lau was saying around finding people who gives you science-proven techniques to improve your life, we have the amazing James Clear with his Atomic Habits. And if you haven't read that book, please do yourself a favor and listen or read it, buy it in a rest, like a summary, whatever you can, because it is gold. Um, he also has a website where you can find all the concepts without having to read the entire book, if that's something mm-hmm. you want to do. Um, so James Clears has a lot of different techniques where you can incorporate habits a lot better. And I would say that for me, habit stacking is the one that has worked the best. And what habit stacking is, is you find a habit that you already have in your life, something that you do every single day, and then you add something right at the end of it. So for exercise, let's say, if you clock off, every time you clock off, you close your computer and then you come down to the kitchen, let's say you're working from home, you come down to the kitchen and you put the glasses that you were using or the plates or whatever you had in your desk or you put your computer away, just have it stuck to that, that immediately after you go and straight change into your workout clothes. You don't think about it. You don't negotiate with yourself. It's a habit that you create. Immediately when I finish work, so I can delineate that I finish work, I close my computer, I put it in a bag, or I go to the kitchen and put this stuff, and immediately after, I put my workout clothes on and get ready to go to, to the gym, go for a run, go to my fitness class, whatever it is. So 
Habit stacking is one that works really well. He also talks about implementation intentions, which is being really clear of the habit that you're going to do by having three aspects of it. What you're going to do, when you're going to do it, for how long you're going to do it. So instead of being like, oh, I'm going to exercise three times a week, it would be something like, I'm going to exercise Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 12 p.m. for 20 minutes. So there is no ambiguity in terms of when this thing is going to happen. Because if you have ambiguity, you will say on Monday, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. On Tuesday, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Mm. So those are science-backed facts that you can look into. And there are more. These are just two that I decided to mention. But there are a lot more in his website. Go have a look at it. Um, they're really helpful. But the other thing I wanted to say, and I've said this like four times already, and I'm going to continue to say it. Just make sure it's fun. Mm. Make sure you enjoy it. Not make sure it gives you energy and it gives you excitement mm. because that's what is going to keep you going back. I think, oh, sorry. I think it's really important. The fun aspect, it really, it, it really is, um, it helps you to stick to it, as you were saying. Uh, speaking about James Clear and his book, uh, I love the part where he talks about environment. And I feel that when we go back into the office or when we were like going through COVID, for example, um, I do think that to develop habits, it's really important to have, you know, if you're going to work, don't work, obviously, from your couch or like have an environment different. If it's at home, like um, an environment where you can actually call an office and an office space, it really helps you. But if you are at work, try to genuinely and, and this is a reminder for myself because I haven't been doing it. Take a lunch break away from your desk for the love of baby Jesus. Because sometimes, you just, you know, like, yes, deadlines are urgent, but you do need to stand up. And as we were saying, um, it's environment environmental. Sometimes we develop habits like it's not getting at work because we, we don't really know how to cope with our emotions or our stress that we eat it um, <laughs> away. So it's better to just like, as soon as you feel like you, okay, you're not hungry, but you want to, you know, snack on something and you, you can feel yourself a little bit tense, stand up, remove yourself from the environment, go for a walk, go to the bathroom, drink water, go to the kitchen, go downstairs, go to the laundry. I don't know. But um, I do think remove yourself from the environment and then you'll realize that you weren't really hungry or um, what, it, what you needed was a little bit of movement. I think that that's something that I wanted to share. What about you, Sohan? What's your take? Um, I definitely, um, I don't know, Lau, did you mean having your environment separated when you're like, so you don't mix up your leisure environment with your like work environment? Is that sort of what you were going to talk about? Like what you meant with the James Clear stuff? Okay. So, okay, good. Just checking because like mine is a little bit, uh, another one I resonate, again, we've all clearly read the book, um, <laughs> is about priming your environment for certain aspects. So like what I've done, and I know it's a mixing of both environments, but it's worked really well for, you know, focusing on my rehab in particular, um, is having a little yoga mat always out in the room because I have space for it. And I have that and like at the end of the day or on the days where I have to rehab, I will push the chair in the corner and the yoga mat's already there. And I will just, you know, get to some like a 20 minute stretch session or something. And it has made a huge difference. Or like, um, I think that is one habit that I've really set in. Another one is also like Erica was saying um, about habit stacking, but it's something else I read somewhere where it's like called like might as well. 
So if like say you're up and you are going on your way out of the office or you're like going, you're done with work or you're about to start work, you're, you're up already. So might as well just go for a 10 minute walk, you know, and when you do that might as well, it turns into so much other stuff, you know, 10 minutes become 15 minutes and, you know, it just, it, it sets up so many other better habits. So that's a different one that I have been implementing recently as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so simple because you're not asking your brain to do too much. You're like, we're already here. Might as well just put on your socks and go, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's like tricking it. I've never heard Um, of it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, just to, just to finish up, um, we, I guess the, what we, what we encouraging is move your body. Um, It really, you know, it really, it has such a positive impact in, in the way you approach any activity that you do throughout your day. And you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. Like if, for example, you're not a morning person, you don't have to get up at 5 a.m. and work out and then go to work if you know that you're going to feel like a zombie throughout the day. <laughs> yes. that. So don't do that because if it doesn't work, you're going to feel bad about it and you're going to guilt trip yourself. So don't. Um, so instead, if you rather go to the gym at lunchtime or after work, um, do it. Do whatever works for you. As Erica said, like really sit down and be like, okay, what is working? What isn't? And reflect on that uh, and strive always to, you know, make little improvements. And you, Erica started running when? Like a few years ago. Yeah. So I only I started to talk about the marathon. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I... I do want to say this because I was reflecting on it yesterday in my long run, is that I only started running in October 2020. So it's been three years. I can't believe it's only been three years. And for context for the listeners, I ran my first marathon the 17th of September this year. My full first marathon, but I also ran other races before it. But what I wanted to say is... I am an absolutely transformed person. I never enjoyed or liked running before 2020. And I didn't even enjoy it then. It was, it was just the thing that I needed to do because the gyms were closed. So, and I fell in love with running because it gives me so much opportunity for mental clarity. Mm-hmm. So I always give myself the opportunity to work in my, on my mind as I'm working on my body by first giving a space that I really enjoy so I make sure to either put a podcast or a song that I really like to make sure that I'm giving myself the space to to do whatever I need to do that day sometimes I'm feeling really high energy and it's all about good music and just feeling the vibe and just going with the music and just like enjoying nature some other days I just feel more calm and relaxed. It's an easy run. I just put a podcast on and I'm like, oh, this is so interesting. I really enjoy learning this while I'm also working on my body. Sometimes I just need to do active meditation. So it's just like, what do I need to work through, to process through? And this hour of running allows me to have that, that the space to think about it. And I think because I always... I always was trying to find how to how can I enjoy this more? How can I make this process of falling in love with running better? I ran my first marathon, which it was an incredible experience. And it was a little bit of torture too. And I don't think I'll run another marathon. Don't hold me to it, but I don't think I will. <laughs> I might. Um, but I'm still in love with running. I still look forward to having a long run every single week and to enjoy that space 
for mental and physical uh, strength because you have to discipline your mind. Your mind will always give up first and your body second. But if you give yourself that opportunity of when you go to the gym, you, you go to your fitness class, when you go to gymnastics, when you go to running, to train that mind that wants to give up, the mind that it tells you you can't do it, and then teach it that you can have some dialogue where you can push yourself a little bit harder and you also can enjoy it in the process is a skill that translates to work to translate to your relationships with your partners with your family that translate into other hobbies that you want to do and that you want to get better at so i could not encourage people more to go out there find something that you want to get better at that it brings you joy and fun and set some goals and find a way to achieve those goals because it truly is a transformative uh, experience. Thank you. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. I love the mental aspect of it. And also like how a few years ago you couldn't even run 5Ks and now you're running 42. I know. And you're part of the top 0.01% of the population that has ever run a marathon. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it also, the three years make me reflect about how sometimes people expect to be running a marathon in like, I don't know, six months mm. or to be really good at the gym in six months. Like, mm. no, really, it takes time and consistency. You just have to show up every day or every second day or every third day, whatever to do. Uh, I think what stuck with me is Erica saying, give yourself a chance. Yeah. Give yourself a chance to develop those habits and just make small incremental changes and focus on something that allows you at the end of the day to come back as a better thinker, as a better employee, as a better holistic version of yourself. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. It has been such a fun, fun topic to talk about. And you can tell by how much I talked. <laughs> but I am super passionate about this. And I am thrilled to be on the podcast again. You guys put so much good content out there. Keep up the work that you're doing because it's really meaningful. And you are doing an amazing job uh, informing people and giving them food for thought. Thank you so much. That's really sweet.